subject of listening for love and learning. Today I'm going to talk about God's listening. We are engaged in this amazing opportunity, uh, this time of the year, which is very traditionally called Lent. Uh, I very comfortably and have for decades called it preparation, a time of preparation. It's prep time. It's uh, what pastors often say, well, they're just uh, a C&E church member. I'll never forget saying, what in the world is a C&E? But I couldn't ask because I don't like not knowing. So I practiced and tried, and finally I called the pastor and I said, I don't know, what is a C&E? Oh, a Christmas and Easter attender. I got it. There are a lot of people who only go to, it's but interesting to me, but they do go to church on those two big events because they're big events. They're historically, gigantically, the most <clears throat> known events of the creation of the world. They are about Christ. They are about his birth and his death. And we are approaching this time of preparation, preparing for Easter, by talking about things that have to do with Lent and surrendering and, and asking for guidance about how you're living your life. There are all sorts of Lenten guides and journeys of which we have <clears throat> recommended them to you. So we're talking about Lent, and we'll talk about the week of weeks, which is what Modern Homemakers has called the week from Palm Sunday to Easter. We'll talk about those very specific days. I'm going to talk to you about the Easter basket if you have children at home, and we hope you do, our grandchildren, <clears throat> you can go to our website and you'll find there a one-page handout which shows a basket and has the strangest ingredients of an Easter basket. I don't think there's a piece of candy in it. I don't think there's a hard-boiled egg or a plastic, candy full, a plastic egg full of candy. What there is are small tokens of remembering what happened each day in the life of Christ. There's a little sack with coins and change in it because it was what Judas did when um, he betrayed Christ. There's a package in there that has a pair of dice because that's what they threw. They cast lots to decide who would get the seamless garment that Christ was wearing before they hung him on the cross. So the Easter basket is a wonderful gift to give someone. It's a wonderful gift to prepare, and we hope that you will um, encourage your family and those you love to do it. So listening and Lent and preparing, 
and some devotionals on strange little subjects that bring us to everyday woman's life. But today we're going to talk about God who listens to us, God who listens to us. And in chapter 21 of Genesis, we read these two verses, verse 17 and 18. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy, hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Oh, how wonderful is that. I will make a great nation of him. So Abraham, a great man of faith, he has two sons, Isaac, son of the Lord, promised to Sarah, and Ishmael, son of Sarah's servant, Hagar. And when Sarah became jealous of Hagar, she and Abraham sent Hagar and Ishmael away. They left, they wandered in the desert until they were tired and hungry, and they cried, and God listened. God listened. He listens to his children. You and I are his children. The God I follow and pray to listens. He always listens. He doesn't always do what I want him to do or what I think is best, but he always listens. And there's this great assurance in my soul when something is pressing in on me, even though I think I have the answer, I've come to trust that what I say to him, he hears. He hears the anguish, he hears the joy. He hears my plan, he hears my petition, but he listens to me. How many of us have said to our children, to our best friend, to our husband, are you listening? We never have to say that about Christ, about God the Father, Son, and Spirit. And I remember as a young woman hearing omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. And I thought, oh, those are multisyllabic words. I wonder what they mean. Omni. Omni is present. Present. He is always in touch with his children. He delights. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He knows all things. He is omnipotent. He has all power. And this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God is always in touch with you, his child. He delights in receiving praise and worship. He knows our heartaches. He comforts us. He understands when we are sorrowful and are crying. God listens to us. The Bible records many places where God listened. God heard Hannah's prayer, and God answered it. In Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. Oh, I shall call upon him as long as I live. I can say to you, dear women, Dear men and women, whoever is listening to this podcast in whatever country you're listening to it in, I can tell you that he will incline his ear and you may call upon him as long as you can live. And then David says in Psalm 
6. God heard my distress. My soul is in anguish. My bones are in agony. I am worn out from groaning. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord listens. The Lord listens. You know, so many times as I've taught the Bible and taught young women and old women and men and boys and children, and I, I think there's so many repeated themes. But God hears us when we call him. He hears us when we cry. He hears us when we're ambulant. He hears us because he listens. And so often we say, well, give me another model for listening. And I've been teaching you all sorts of tools and numbers of tricks of the trade, so to speak, to learn to be better listeners. But follow the principles of God because God listens. In Exodus chapter 2, Genesis, Exodus, second book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, verses 23 and 24. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned under their slavery and cried out. Out of their slavery, their cry for help rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God looked upon the Israelites, and God took notice of them. God heard the cries and their groaning. God hears us. He listens to us. And then in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, and in John chapter 11, verses 41 and 42, it's another illustration of how God listens. So they took away the stone. Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always, I knew that you always hear me. But I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. This is that, it's, it's, it's a passage of scripture that, I, I don't know, I guess there's nothing else to say, but it always really blows me away. And I don't know how else to say that, it seems very casual language, but Jesus doesn't come when Lazarus dies. He comes four days later. Lazarus has been in the tomb. He's stinky already, according to the scripture. Jesus weeps. And you want to say, why is Jesus weeping? He's about to heal him. Lazarus, his friend, who didn't die in vain, who's going to be risen. Well, so what's, what's the crying about? What's the delay about? Why didn't God just heal him from where he was? All of these are unknowns to us. But the fact is very clear that God listened to his son Jesus. God listened to the children of Israel. God listened to Hagar. God listens to us. The old and new covenant remind us over and over. I'm going to read it again. So they took away the stone from the tomb of Lazarus, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you have sent me. Now a dear, dear friend and professor, 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 a former professor at Phoenix Seminary, Norm Wakefield, 
So there are two styles of listening. One is ineffective, and the other is ineffective and unskilled. And the other is perceptive and skilled. The ineffective one is an unmotivated listener. The perceptive and skilled one is a motivated listener. If you are on the first list, you can move to the second list. That's just how it is. Mamas make noise. It's hard to listen, so we cannot do two things at one time. It's hard for you to listen to anyone when there's so much noise in the background. So many uh, writers and authors and scholars have said, especially in child rearing, make time, get down close to their face, make sure they can see your face and understand that you're not talking out of the side of your mouth. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up while you do three things hurrying up. It, it, the noise you have around the house makes it hard. So mamas, listen hard. Make sure that as you're trying to instruct your children to do things that you pause and, and make sure they're listening to you as their parents. Um, I think the AirPods are such a wonderful creation. I, I can put a pair in and listen to a podcast or a piece of music while someone else in the room is doing something different. But I find myself, when I'm trying to listen to a podcast and cook dinner, uh, it, it doesn't work because I want to have my paper and my pen and my, and my note and then I miss the recipe. It's really hard to do two things at one time and very few of them can we do well. So let me give you, as I said earlier, a few steps that will help you in this. I can listen for the words that are being spoken. I can listen for the words and watch for nonverbal clues. Nonverbal clues. And such a language of itself. I can listen to discover the meaning within the message. I can listen to identify defined or undefined emotions that are being embodied in the message. The little child is trying to tell you something and his lip is quivering. Um, a, a friend of ours whose daughter is going to get engaged, I can tell you that there will be all sorts of emotions roaring through as this young man says, will you marry me and live with me for the rest of my life? There will be a lots of undefined emotions embodied in the question and the answer. But we are all, that's all a part of listening to what's being said and done. I can listen to discern the message that is behind the verbal and nonverbal. He may not say, do you want to live with me for the rest of my life? Will you marry me and live with me for the rest of my life? Now he just say, do you want to marry me? Will you marry me? And she'll say yes, but implied is, will you live with me for the rest of my life? And these are things that we listen for. Listening can and certainly will improve relationship. So who is it that you want to have improved relationships with? I made a list in my own notes. I made a list of three people who I want to have improved relationships. One of them lives a long way away and two of them live here in the Phoenix metro area. Listeners and lovers attract people. Listeners and lovers 
attract people. If you find yourself alone, if you find yourself uh, with less than a stellar group of people around you, and my husband loves to say this, he just loves to say this, he'll meet up with someone, he had dinner the other night with a friend, and when the dinner was over, that guy said, oh, it was just great being with you. I'm so glad we got together. And, he, you know, he just went on and on. And David says, he, he loves when that happens because he knows what has just happened is that David found himself to do what he went to do, and that's a good listener, a good listener. So here's a guy who sits with my husband for a couple of hours and talks most of the time. And when he's done, he's thanking David for such a wonderful time. What he's thanking him for, he's not thanking him for, but what really he's thanking him for is the fact that David was available to listen to him and he could say all the things he wanted to say and release all his emotions and his energy. And that's what people are attracted to. Listeners and lovers. Listening will change others. It will give them place for expression. It will help them understand what unselfish love looks like. So ask yourself a few questions. One, are you listening to your mate? Are you really listening to you? Are you listening to your boss? Are you listening to your children, whether they are adult or younger? And do you run into someone and immediately say, oh no, I don't want to stay with her because she is boring. Or do you say, I want to listen well to whomever this person is that God is Listening. God listens to us. He sets the pattern for us to listen. He listened to Hagar, to the children of Israel. He listened to Hannah, who he gave a child to. He listened to David in the Psalms. He listened to Jesus when Jesus asked for his friend Lazarus to come forth. God listens to us. And if there's no one else in your wide, wide world who really takes time to listen to you, always remember that God listens and loves. We're modern homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. You go out and make a very uncommon day of recognizing how God listens to you.